The Short Story Ears, a podcast by Dentsu. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to The Short Story Ears. This is a podcast about all things growth from the Dentsu universe. Today, the man of the hour is Thomas Walter, Chief Services Officer at Merkel Northern Europe. Hi, Thomas. What's up? Hey, all good. Pleasure to be here on the show. I hope I can keep up with the the other guys you had on. <laughs> yeah, some big shows to fill. So let's kick this off with a really uh, simple question. What is that that you do at Merkel? Uh, the short story is <laughs> that I'm uh, spearheading all of our crafts. Um, you know, the crafts are from experienced designers to commerce engineers, smart tech specialists, whatever it is. Uh, my my job is to spearhead all of these crafts uh, to deliver as one. Of course, we've gathered here today to talk about AI. When I was uh, familiarizing myself with the things that you do at Merkel um, in Northern Europe, which are amazing, like just to give the heads up for people who are watching this or listening to this, I was quite entertained by seeing that the second slide in that presentation uh, that you sent over was this big, massive quote from one of the clients. And the quote went like this, quoting now, please do not come with yet another presentation on how generative AI will disrupt my business. We heard those from three other partners already, and my LinkedIn turned into a GenAI blog already. Can we talk about use cases and solutions, please? Um, do you get that sentiment a lot from the client? And does it actually mean that we are past that uh, sheer excitement phase, which obviously was that peak of uh, the Gartner hype cycle. What do you think? Oh, that's a good one, how you flipped it. Um, because, yeah, obviously, it's tough. I would say maybe, but probably not. I think I think we're st- still pretty much on the peak because if you think about it, after the peak, there comes this valley of disillusionment, I think it's called. I think we haven't, uh, we did not went through that yet. And we're definitely not on this productivity plateau, whatever is called in the end state of this hype cycle. So I think in that sense, the client still, he, he or she was just a bit uh, annoyed of all the hype, amount of hype presentations there still are, while we see that more should be possible. I think that's the main clue. I think overall we're on the hype still and it will last for a year or something maybe. But um there is what's your, what's your feeling about it? Are you annoyed? Are you excited? Are you um, energized? Are you yeah, tired? I kind of kind of I can relate to that client. I think that's also why maybe me or colleagues put in that quote because it's overwhelming and it has been since it came up. And even though I mean we're putting out some cutting edge solutions ourselves, but at the same time you're kind of feeling behind. It's a bit of an ambivalent thinking, if you know you like you're part of the front runners in that field, but at the same time you feel like like idiots. you know what i mean like oh oh, no i need to go to school again and this is new to me and this is new so it's it's all the facets and the aspects you can never keep up with and and so this is yeah it needs you need to be very uh you need to have the resilience to deal with that kind of uh you know situation i guess um yeah but you guys at merkel came up with this idea to categorize um everything that's happening within generative ai or rather what you are doing with generative ai into three quite big categories. So those are make it work, make it better and make it bigger. What are we talking about exactly in, in these terms? Well, I mean, this is this was a Merkel kind of mantra before, right? Um, this is a very basic, I mean, I guess you can hear that from a lot of 
consultancies or you know agencies even where uh, in agile you would say uh, think big start small scale fast there are always these kind of easy to remember things so um we use it as a helping philosophy to get into ai because you know you, you have always you have clients that dream super big but don't get don't find a point to start with at the same time uh, um the way is unclear so to 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 let's say help them towards a roadmap think mm -hmm. towards a roadmap we said well let's start to make it work for you be aware what it could be what are your use cases to start with you know these kind of stuff before you rush into building solutions and software and scaling it so the make it work is pretty straightforward it's like look into prompt engineering use the tools in a secure environment obviously before then you start training models build your own models until then in the end stage you, you basically it's about yeah build your own software and roll it out globally and you know so, so it's a world. very straightforward thinking i guess that lowers the hurdle to get started makes total sense yeah. but um in that make it work section there's a lot that is circling around prompts prompt yeah. engineering and what i found quite specific is prompt engineering to enhance customer journey have you been able to pack that into a product already and if yes then how exactly are mm. you pitching that to the clients yeah um to the one question about the product i would say a real product product no uh, mm -hmm. it's more like a service and a service for us you know i mean we're in media or in maybe in other areas as dancer we can have products within the digital agency side of things this is more like standards or a shared service that we all follow mm -hmm. and in that sense i would say yes it has been uh because current if you think about it you know it starts with imagine we respond to to a pitch and uh we start creating visuals to make our future clients hopefully understand their journeys or our vision for their journeys in a better sense we of course now you know the experienced designers and and other people we we use prompting to illustrate a certain journey and you know because it's just it's making us more efficient uh, where in the past you know and the videos and the, the stuff we would have produced to get across our ideas our visions would have cost a lot with ai it's, it's a cost efficiency game for us to simply use it so i would say yes we are using that a lot to make it work also like ourselves and as you know i mean both of us we have access to the dentsu gpt and to the dentsu dolly and you know the company is quite progressive in uh, in offering this to us so it's it's quite exciting so so quick answer is yes a, a lot of these things are becoming uh, i'm not saying day to day work it's still fascinating and new stuff but um yeah yeah it changes the way we work yeah also ourselves but uh just to specify one thing does it help you actually build customer journeys or enhance the thoroughness of those or does it help you to illustrate the ideas so that you sort of deliver that everything i would say it's really across the the the, the i mean where make it work is very generic you know mm -hmm. underneath making it work there are maybe a hundred different user use case scenarios however you you frame it so it's about yeah it's a, it's the sheer visualization of a thought it's it's about putting those together it's but it's also like uh enhancing customer research um 
you know, uh, it's, it's like uh, being better prepared. It's about better copy. It's uh, it's it's a lot of different aspects in in that in that sense. It's it goes until uh, training videos. You know, there are specific AI solutions like I think the Syntasia or DIDA where you can uh, scale your existing training videos powered mm-hmm. through AI. So we're of course using using that or think of voiceovers where you can use Eleven Labs or the HeyGen to you know not not just clone a voice, but also then later clone the voice and transpond it into any language. So as frontrunners, we'll look into all of this and try to make all of them work for us. Um, if they add value, obviously. Huh? Then, uh, yeah, tough to answer, but yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's as I said, like it's such a big range uh, that we that we follow here. One of the uh, examples where I find it quite um, exciting to talk about the man-made solutions versus what Gen AI is doing is probably everything that circles around the brand. So Mm -hmm. rebranding, let's say, that's a very, very intricate job. And I feel like there's a lot of human involvement there, right? In terms of how you're prototyping, how you're talking to people, how you're trying to single out the values of the brand and so on and so forth. Yet, I know that you guys incorporated AI in the very heart of the process. And there was a case around that. So how exactly did you do that? And what was the result? Are you happy about it? Um, That's a cool, that's a very cool case. And props to our, uh, I think it was, you you referenced our, uh, the case uh, of a client I'm not about to spell. So maybe you can put it in the, it's a Norwegian name that I will misspell if I try. try. (laughs) Um, But um, I think the client was a farmer's union, um, basically. Um, And yeah. uh, it was, we call that an augmented intelligence kind of case. So by no means this was like, oh, let's just let the AI rebrand that brand. But it was more like, as I said, it, we're still, I think, halfway between a make it work and make it better kind of philosophy. I would love um, the prompt, really. You know, can you just rebrand that? Go. <laughs> no, but it, was, it was more into, I mean, making it work means every uh, person or colleague on that account um, leveraged him or herself through the power of AI. So that starts with, okay, so there is a brand identity that we know that is also not being, uh, you know, pivoted here. So it's it's an existing brand, but it needs a refresh. So yeah. what do you do? You look into, okay, can we work with the funds? Can we update the color schema? These kind of things. And then, of course, I mean, AI is perfect. You can just put in an existing uh, brand typography or iconry and then ask like "Mm, how about a bit more edgy touch to it or how about if whatever famous designer would have gotten a take on it you know you can play all these thoughts so that so that shows you the better you are in your craft you know the better you are as an experienced designer knowing about you know design and Mm -hmm. you know design directions the easier for you it is to ask ai for help um, create variants a lot, and you can see that in the what the team created. So creating variations, and then of course combining that with the traditional processes, you know, like discussing with the client is is that interesting? Uh, giving it a peer review from their clients, like is this appealing? Does that transpond these values? These kind of stuff, you know. So it's 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 a it's a give and take, you know. But you never just let the AI do something. You always enhance what you have done anyhow. You know, and get some inspiration back in from the tool or some some support. So it's it's always these kind of things. 
do you think AI is able to not just visualize things or help you with your really clever prompts, like you, you know, testing 10 different art directors fueled by AI mm-hmm. uh, on, on the same case? Do you think AI could be able to, for example, build a cohesive brand pyramid? Because that's a bit different. That's what comes before uh, in, in any rebranding process, right? The simple answer would be, I think it will or it is able already. Mm-hmm. I mean, now we're definitely past this make it work, but what you see recently, and that's the funny thing. I mean, we can talk now and whatever I might say might be outdated tomorrow because they will come up with some new crazy stuff. Yeah. But the recent development in the field where you no longer just train one model, but you train multiple agents that kind of um, support each other, etc., And um, so that every engineer has their own tester and their own uh, quality review with them. In branding, it works exactly the same way. So you do not get support from one AI kind of model, but you maybe have your the lead copywriter in you, the lead uh, creative director in you. And all of these, uh, with some technical hookups, you can put them all into, into one interface, one supporting interface for you. So that when you have this uh, typical task, like do a rebranding, you basically can follow through the existing process, all AI enhanced, if, if that makes sense to you. So maybe the creative director goes first and say, okay, what is this all about? And then I need my, my support from my research guy who knows all about, you know, market perceptions of a certain, of certain aspects, which then goes into my production support guy, you know? So, so this is the thinking. So it's not one AI, it's a couple and it's more like how to orchestrate them that they all help you doing what what you in the end will still do you will still have the final word hopefully <laughs> hopefully <laughs> <laughs> i mean fingers crossed not, not sure if that makes sense but this is where we are right at this very moment i mean this is now with the recent keynote and stuff and now the chat gpt is opening up so you can we can all build our own assistance right now which is crazy to think of, but um, yeah. Yeah, but it's happening, but it's happening. This is happening, exactly. So my answer is yes. I think this will, in the in the future, will will do. And the, of course, the very philosophical question is, what does it mean for us as one of the world's leading agencies, obviously, right? Wait, that's going to be my final question. <laughs> Don't rush. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Another case or another field where I found that quite fascinating that AI can actually enhance user experience was using the blog posts to train large language models and build conversational solutions for making customers' choices easier or more informed in a way. So is that actually the the new era of content marketing? Because the question was always there, if companies invest in content marketing, which is the development of their blogs, putting a lot of effort into their content rather than opting just sheerly for performance marketing. Mm -hmm. But the question was always, okay, where where is the benefit? Where is the immediate value? Is this the moment when we start talking about immediate value when LLMs are trained uh, on our blogs and companies will finally see the results of that quite quickly? Yeah, I would say uh, I'm unsure if this is the end of this of, of some era or something, but it does something with not only content marketing, but with a lot of different things around content. And um, um, give you a couple examples here. I mean, this is one very good example, you know, with the blog, but there is way more to it. So the, the, the generic question behind is like, how much can, how much should 
or can, uh, the can is not even a question anymore, but how much of the of company-specific know-how should we put into a model? Should we train a model with? And what will we get out of it in reverse? That's the fundamental question to it. And um, every of our clients need to answer that for themselves. So that means, but technically what is now possible is to build what you're referring to. Like for this, it was like, imagine you're in automotive and you wanna, you, wanna, you wanna sell more cars or get more people into test drives. In the past, you would have gone with the content strategy. That means you talk about these great products, the cars, the experience you have while driving them. Maybe you talk about roads. Well, okay, fair enough. How about you train now your model with everything you have written already? And instead of building applications like a car configurator or a car finder, the new philosophy could be just put that into a conversation because knowing all of your content would allow the AI agent, be it impersonated by a chatbot or deployed in whatever form, um, would help, would become a client advisor, a perfect, you know, it could be client advisor, it could be a sales rep, it can become anything you want. So the philosophy is, is, is twisting. So that means content marketing will be way more conversational because it's simply so easy to build these all-knowing chatbots. You know, and imagine you have a block that you're referring. That was a with data from the last five to X years of uh, user-generated content around test drives and all that. And if you put that into a conversation, it's about well, oh, I w I'm looking into an EV. Okay, but you know, what's the purpose? Is it family, or you want to have a more sporty kind of thing? And you know, and then this conversation replaces the car configurator, and the outcome is the perfect personalized car that you should buy so i think this is a bigger shift than just content marketing you know what i mean so um and in every industry that is a bit different um so in in, in whatever after sales imagine training the model on all the sales issue uh, all the after the service issues you have had all of them so you know it's getting trained on okay these were the main issues and this is how we used to solve them so the old days where clients will accept the shitty hotline where nobody knows how to answer to your specific <laughs> need. This is kind of a, the customers will tell us soon that this is no longer acceptable. You should know and you should be able to respond on top, of course, in my language, in my style, you know, all that. Yeah. With funny jokes, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. but Sorry for the long answer, but this is what fascinates me. But this is the bigger paradigm shift. So maybe there will not even a web, we, might not even need the website to, you know, to do content marketing. Maybe content marketing overall shifts into some, you know, different, uh, maybe more voice-driven or, you know, different New formats. forms and shapes, right? Uh, but tell me one thing. Does conversational marketing necessarily provide a better user experience? Because I keep asking myself if uh, it in a way dissolves the focus of attention mm -hmm. people are talking and talking and talking heaps of information mm -hmm. conversational bots here and there so you're communicating with loads of um, platforms would it be easier just to keep having a clear cta a button that would say purchase and you mm -hmm. would just click one button and you will purchase without the necessity to talk this over and over with really clever, funny, uh, personalized bots. I mean, personally, I kind of fully agree. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the talk. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think the bigger theme again behind that is that 
in the end, we're now at a place where the customer kind of is allowed or has the has the power to demand all of that simultaneously. So like everything, uh, everywhere, all at once <laughs> to cite something. Um, mm -hmm. And and the, the 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 thing for us is we need to we need to build all of them then in the end. So if some people in, enjoy that over the very classic straightforward funnel kind of experience, then you know so be it. Um, so it's a tough one to 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 uh, to question. The funny thing here though is, and we have the first experiences now with with a couple clients. Um, our old tricks still help us a lot. Mm. Like, you know, like. Um, you can still do A-B testing with all the craziness about Gen AI and whatever. I mean, it's still, you can test a Gen AI kind of experience against a traditional one. So, so you know, so digital marketing is still there and it, 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 it kind of helps still. <laughs> so I think that's the good, the good learning from it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, um, yeah, it really depends. But one, one other aspect maybe to consider here to, to give another angle to the question um, from an input perspective, it's interesting. Think about the amount of information you can share while, you know, using your mouse and keyboard versus being able to talk and including gestures, you know, like, uh, yeah, facial recognition, etc. So the overall experience is, will, will change for that aspect because we will be, I think it's times 10x at least, we can share more information. So that means we will get way better personalized services when we share more information, obviously. So that means the new conversational interfaces have an advantage there over the traditional ways. While working with all this uh, AI extravaganza, you built something for yourself, right? <laughs> so that's the story. Uh, you mean our own first assessment? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Merkle Gen AI, if I'm not mistaken. So yep. talk us through what does it do exactly? What was the necessity? So why did it do that? Was that just a sheer experiment or something else? And do you see that shift really happening already that uh, AI changes the way agencies work? And is it a happy change or a disturbing change <laughs> to you? Okay. Um, couple, couple questions here. But yeah, the, the first thing first, I mean, no necessity at all. Merkle, we called it Merkle Genai for a, you know, I think for us in West, in the Western Hemisphere, it sounded quite Asian, like Merkle Genai sounded like it could be Japanese, huh? So it was, <laughs> we, we stick with the vibes. Yeah, um, but but there was no necessity. We, I mean, this was really in the early days. It's 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 we're talking like well, eleven months ago or something, where it came out. And we said, hey, we need to explore this and. Uh, Luckily, it was based on stuff we knew. You know, so there was an open AI on Azure, so Microsoft kind of service to tap on. And it's easy for us to build apps and stuff. So, so we hooked up that AI service into an app, um, made it speak, so built a conversational interface. And then we needed a use case uh, to demo what it could be worth. And our natural thing was to build like a companion or a sidekick, so to say, for us. So we trained it with, uh, we have that thing called Merkle Imperatives. It's kind of a white paper. It's released annually. Um, so big thought piece, you know. Uh, we trained the last 10 years from this kind of into it. And then we gave, uh, gave it 500 client references and case studies. So we, 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 we pushed all that content into it. And to spice it, the cherry on the icing was I asked around, I think, 20 different offices 
give me some hidden gems of your office. Like what makes working in, uh, in you know, the Oslo office so special or something. And so we gave it know-how that the web has not. So to really differentiate it from ChatGPT, et cetera. And then, you know, we deployed it and it was kind of this funny thing you can talk to and ask. And the funny thing, of course, many people in the beginning uh, deal with it like in a database. Oh, how many people work in uh, Stockholm? I thought, yeah, okay. But a database would know they don't need Gen AI. But if you ask like, hey, um, I mean, I have a situation where it's about B2B retail, et cetera. What should I do? And then seeing the thing automatically connecting the dots, like where it was trained on, that was our eye-opening moment where we said, oh, so like, okay, it was that easy to train and build up the whole thing. And now it does that for you. Oh, that's quite cool. So, and of course now it, it led to a sales support tool that when our growth people, our sales people go out and, and uh, need to create an, an answer to an RFP, they will have it as a supporting tool. Um, which I guess is a, maybe is a segue into the other part of your question. What does it do to us? <laughs> I guess, yes, it does this to us. We think about stuff maybe differently. Maybe we get different kind of support from AI powered solutions to the, on the positive, I think this is positive, right? But on the negative or critical reflection, it's it's also a challenge for us, to be honest. And it's a bit of a cheesy answer, but I mean, we're quite good, right? Or we always have been front runners, and you can see that in a couple, whatever, analyst reports or wherever. But as a leader in our field, AI, uh, AI is uh, pretty democratic. It supports everybody. That means it also supports people uh, or agencies that are challenges currently. And it will allow them to, uh, you know, um, to get closer to our services. As they say in customer service, AI is the is the help for every bad customer service to be medical or to be okayish. Um, so, but us from the other perspective, I would ask like, okay, but what is what is it that now sets us apart if everybody is powered through AI? So it's you need to have more. Yeah, smarter AI solutions, better ones, um, progressive ones. Yeah, that's a very, very important, uh, even strategic question. And yeah. that's actually something that I wanted to wrap up our conversation with. So there are obviously big, massive strategic challenges ahead of us because AI allows not only the challengers to be more efficient, like small players on the market to be to be able to perform bigger tasks in a way, right? And uh, also that allows um, clients to do more by themselves. Right? Oh, yeah, that's, that's another angle. Yeah, do. for sure. Right. Yeah. So, and uh, if earlier I felt like we were competing on the field of uh, what being more efficient or delivering more impact, uh, what field are we competing on right now, and uh, what's uh, the role there for Dentsu on this yeah. new field? What do you think? This is a this is kind of a crystal ball kind of moment, I would say, or crystal ball kind of question. Um, but I think the main. The really, as you asked, like the main, the main thing you need to be or become is is smart. So I would go with smart as the decisive criteria. And that sounds super generic, I know. And um, but smart for me is, as we learn now, it has a lot to do with you know training models and and understanding what is needed in which situation and use cases. And the smartness comes from, you know, not just talking about it, but smartness comes from finding clever ways to put this thinking into the right solutions. So it's a transformation kind of uh, question. Um, and of course, first it requires, you need to think end to end as, as you do now, right? So this is not different. 
but the difference is really putting theory into practice. And I think we're doing very well, for instance, in the, in the, in US, I mean, we're hooking up our flagship product, Merkle, the Mercury platform. And now in the future will be powered through Gen AI. That means when you think about attribution modeling or segmenting of, you know, targeting and creating an audience uh, in, to, to play a media campaign uh, in the future, you might again, like have a conversation with this assistant but in comparison, it's a product, right? I mean, it's our it's our product and we trained it. It's our know-how, you know? So this is something where, where I see the future. So while for now, we mostly would sell ours, or, you know, in the future, a good agency has dedicated services powered through AI and has the right consulting that goes along with these kind of services. That's how I would say this is the shift you will you will see in our industry, and that works for uh, yeah. Now I used the media case and experience case, and we talked a lot about the experience design cases before. You know, like in rebranding, etc. So um, uh, I think that's where we where we're at. And that sounds amazing. That sounds a bit scary, but a good scary because that's uh, a massive transformation. That is. Yeah. About... Let's let's do another one in a year, and then you can you can tell me all the stuff <laughs> I mispredicted. <laughs> okay, I take your word. So let's meet here in a year and then discuss what what future brought us. Thomas, thank you so much for looking into the crystal ball. Thank you so much for this really smart conversation. And this has been the short story of generative AI at Merkel, Northern Europe. Thank you. Thank you.